Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey everyone, what's going on? And welcome back to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack, and today we're going to be talking about four tips that you can use to write a crazy effective resume. Because resumes are still a really, really important part of the job search process today. You know, whether you're applying online or whether you're getting passed along via a referral, your resume is that marketing document that is selling your value, selling your experience, selling what you bring to the table. And if you don't have a great resume, chances are you're not going to get as many interviews, you're not going to get as many offers, and you're going to be uh, just as frustrated as you probably are right now with the job search. So my goal with this podcast or with this episode rather is to share some tips that will help you create a great foundation and give you some clarity and a starting point because there's a lot of confusing and a lot of conflicting advice out there about resumes. And the problem is we don't have a way to close the feedback loop, right? It's not like after the fact, we're getting an email from the hiring manager or the recruiter that says, you know, hey, well, if you had a metric in this bullet or if you had this section or if you worded this differently, you would have gotten in the door. We just don't get that. So we're sort of playing trial and error and just shooting in the dark and and hoping something sticks. So my goal with this episode is to give you these four tips that will give you a great starting point and allow you to feel more confident in your resume and the way that you're selling your abilities. So with that said, let's start with tip number one, which is picking the right template. So what constitutes the right template? What constitutes a good template? Because there are thousands and thousands of resume templates out there. And really a great resume template does two things. It's applicant tracking system friendly, and it's also set up in a way to make selling your experience and reading your resume easier for the person who is consuming that content, the person who's reading your resume, be it the recruiter or the hiring manager. So let's start with the first piece, the applicant tracking system. Now, you've probably seen tons of information about this, and I think that some of this tends to be overblown on the internet. You know, a lot of, quote, career gurus or whoever will tell you, well, don't use a colored font because it can't be parsed by the applicant tracking system, or don't use a PDF because it can't be parsed by the applicant tracking system, or don't use horizontal lines because ATS systems can't read that. And, you know, I definitely wouldn't recommend using uh, colored fonts across the board, but a lot of these things just simply aren't true. You know, technology has gotten to the point where all of those things can be read by pieces of software. We have a free resume scanning tool on our site called resimatch.io. It is built on the funds of one person, me, and it parses horizontal lines, PDFs, and colored font if people choose to use that. So if my self-funded resume tool can read those things, you can bet that applicant tracking systems created by Fortune 500 companies and venture-backed startups can also do the same thing. Where we get into trouble is with some of the formatting that goes on behind the scenes. And so that's really where you need to make sure that your template is compliant. And most Word documents are going to be fine as long as you're not adding in, you know, some crazy visuals, charts, things like that. But we made this super simple for you because we wanted to remove the guesswork. That's kind of the point of this whole episode. So our resume builder has eight applicant tracking system friendly templates. Uh, You can go to resibuild.io, R-E-S-Y-B-U-I-L-D.io. We'll link to it in the show notes, but take your pick, build your resume. You'll be off to the races. 
Now, the second piece here is that readability, right? So you probably heard that recruiters or hiring managers who or whoever spend six seconds on average reading a resume. And I don't know if six seconds is, is you know, 100% accurate in terms of a figure. I think a better way to put this is these people are very, very busy and they don't have a ton of time to scan through your resume. So that's exactly what they do. They scan, they skim, and they look for important details, right? How many years of experience does this person have? Where did they work in the past? Have they worked in this title in this field before? They want to check off the basic boxes. They're basically doing like a pre-qualification scan in you know a couple of seconds to determine whether or not your resume is worth a deeper dive. So what we need to do is have a template that shows that information up front. And the templates on our resume builder do this, uh, but there's a specific way that I recommend setting things up uh, to enable that. And that leads us into tip number two, which is leveraging something that I call a highlight reel. Uh, And this is basically a variation on a resume objective section or a resume summary section. But instead of having an objective statement about the role that you want or having a summary that's a giant paragraph full of buzzwords, my objective section or my highlight reel, as I call it, It's essentially a section that you put at the very top of your resume where you include the three to five most relevant pieces of experience. So the way that it breaks down is the first bullet is essentially going to be an introduction, if you will. You know, I'm an account executive with X number of years of experience and I drive Y dollars of revenue in this specific industry. So basically you're telling me, here's who you are from a job title perspective. Here's how many years of experience you have. And here is a little bit of a description of the value that you bring to the table or have achieved in the past. And that's my introduction. Then the next couple of bullets in the middle are what I call case study bullets. And these are essentially uh, cherry picked achievements or projects or results or awards that you've gotten that you feel are most relevant to the job. And then finally, the last bullet can be something around cultural fit, or if you're making a career transition, you can call out that career transition. But the reason we have this setup is because this section, this highlight reel allows us to cherry pick the information that we have at the top of the resume. And this is the first thing that people are going to read, right? They look at our name, they look at some of the contact info, and then they look at the first section. And We want to make sure that we hit them with the best information that we have right up front. We want to hook them in. And so if they see that you've worked in the field and you have the right amount of experience and here's some case studies to back up your value, they're going to be interested to read more. Whereas if you push them to an education section or if you push them to a work experience section with your most recent role, one, you're not really giving yourself the best opportunity to lead with the most relevant experience. You're sort of hoping that what you have most recently aligns with what they're looking for. And then two, you're you're sort of just jumping right in. There's no context. There's no way for you to make it about the company. So having that objective section or that highlight reel, if you will, is going to really boost your results because you're giving the recruiter or the hiring manager exactly what they want to see right off the bat. So if you want to learn more about that, we have a great article on it. You can go to cultivatedculture.com forward slash resume dash objective. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. Um, but that'll give you some examples of, of how I like to write this. Now, you have your great template, you have your resume objective section or your highlight reel. Next, our third tip is to sell and not summarize in your resume and your resume bullets. So a big mistake that too many job seekers make is that they summarize in all of their bullets, you know, responsible for managing a team of five people or responsible for creating weekly reports that are shared with the C-suite. And the problem with those types of bullets is that they don't tell me about your ability. 
you know, anybody can go create reports. Anybody can manage a team of five. But how well do you do those things? Are you in the top 1% of managing a team of five? Has your team of five consistently won, you know, top team of the year five years in a row? Or are you the worst manager of all time and you're consistently winning the award for worst manager of all time? There's no way for me to know with those bullets. And so the problem is when your resume is being read in a stack of 10 or 20 resumes and everybody's saying that they are responsible for these things, it's really hard for a hiring manager to differentiate between the candidates that they have in front of them. Whereas if we lead with our value or if we really get clear around the value that we drove from those actions, you're really going to set yourself apart. Because if you say, you know, manage a team of five, that's one top team three years in a row and has achieved an average quota attainment of 115%. Now, all of a sudden, the other nine resumes that just say responsible for managing a team of five they don't seem like they've done that much compared to you who's won top team a number of times and who's you know achieved an above average quota. So when we share that value, that is really where the magic happens in resumes. And this is far and away the biggest mistake that job seekers make. So what I want you to do here is start thinking about your bullets in terms of value. So not just what you did, but what resulted from it. And Google actually shared a formula they recommend called the XYZ formula. And I believe it's accomplish X by doing Y as measured by Z. And so if you write your bullets in that formula, you're going to force yourself to to share those consequences, right? The results of your actions. And we've actually created a tool to help you do this. It's called resibullet.io. Again, we'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, But you can paste one of your resume bullets into Resibullet and we compare it to our ideal bullet formula, which is a mix of hard skills, soft skills, measurable metrics, and action words. And we'll basically give you a score and then we'll show you how to improve your bullet. And you can work your way up score-wise until you get to 60 or 70 and then you know you have a good resume bullet. So again, we've made it easy. We've kind of taken the guesswork out of it. But if you run most of your bullets through ResiBullet and you work to get that high score, or if you use Google's you know XYZ bullet formula, your resume bullets are going to be so much more effective because somebody can read them and say, okay, this person did this action and here's what resulted. So I know that I can expect that result, if not a better result, if I decide to hire them. And that's really what makes your value much, much more clear. So don't just summarize in your bullets. Don't just talk about the activities that you did. You need to talk about the things that resulted from those activities. And if you're not in sales or you're not in a numbers-focused role, that's totally fine. Not everything has to be a dollar amount. You know, you could talk about the scope. So how large was this project? How many people worked on it? How many teams were involved? You could talk about budgets. You know, what was the budget for this project? You can include client testimonials. Uh, you could also talk about efficiency. You know, how many hours did you save? Or, you know, what things did you eliminate? You know, did you reduce expenses or did you reduce the amount of time it, it took to complete this task? And then finally, you can go track down teams who are who are leveraging your work and you could get their results. So let's say you're a designer and you created, you know, new images for Facebook ads. Well, instead of just saying, you know, I created these new images for our Facebook ads, go to the marketing department and say, hey, how did my images perform versus the old ads? Or how did they perform versus ads from a year ago? And then you can come back and say, I created Facebook images or Facebook uh, images for Facebook ads, excuse me, that led to a 37% increase in conversion rate or a 20% increase in sell-through rate. And now all of a sudden, you know, we went and we got these results and we got this information from the team that has that information. So I think a lot of people kind of stop within their purview and they don't stop to think and say, okay, 
who's leveraging my work and who actually has those numbers and those results. So go seek them out if you don't have them already. And then tip number four is to add a personalized interest section. So this is going to be industry specific. You know, if you're in a more formal industry, let's say law or, you know, a a more traditional financial firm or a public sector job, I would avoid using this tactic. But if you're going for a role in technology or you're going after a company that really values culture, adding in a personalized interest section can make a huge difference. So what do I mean by this? Well, a lot of people, when they have an interest section, they just say, uh, you know, traveling, running and podcasts. And that's fine, but that doesn't give us enough to spark a conversation. Whereas if I said something like travel and then I said my first post-COVID trip is going to be to Mykonos, Greece. And then I said podcast and I say, I listen to the Dream Job System podcast and marketing school and armchair expert every day. Uh, And maybe you say running, and then you could put in parentheses, I'm training for the New York Marathon post-COVID. Now, all of a sudden, we've created some specificity, right? So if somebody else listens to, let's say, the Dream Job System podcast every day, that's a point of commonality, right? Or if somebody went to Greece on their honeymoon and your next trip is to Mykonos, that's a point of commonality. So the more things that you can include here around hobbies or travel or food, any anything sports is another good one. Um, anything that's uh, sort of you know, not super polarizing, not super controversial, but shares a little bit more about your personality. That's going to go a long way because again, your, your resume is very robotic. It's it's an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper, and all these companies say that they value culture so much and and they look for cultural fit. And so even you know just sharing a little bit about yourself, even if you don't have that point of commonality with the person reading your resume, you still show a little bit more about who you are and and what your personality is like. And that can help you stand out from all these other resumes that strictly talk about super professional stuff. So I definitely recommend doing that again if you're going after a tech job or a more progressive company uh, or a company that places a heavy emphasis on culture. And then finally, our bonus tip, which is, I guess, tip number five, is to include a link to a LinkedIn profile in your resume. So Resume Go is a company that does a lot of research on this stuff, and they basically ran a study across something like 24,000 resumes, and they found that resumes that included a link to a comprehensive LinkedIn profile had a 71% higher chance of hearing back. So if you haven't already, uh, one, you're going to want to upgrade your LinkedIn profile. And I'm going to share four tips on how to do that later this week. Um, But once your LinkedIn profile is upgraded, you want to make sure to include a link to your LinkedIn profile in your resume. That's just going to boost your chances of hearing back. So if you implement those four tips, I promise you, you're going to get better results from your resume and you're going to see more interviews. You're going to see more success. And this whole process is going to be a heck of a lot easier. That's it for today. But before you go, do you want me to review your resume or your LinkedIn profile for free? Because that's exactly what we're doing for a ton of Dream Job System listeners. Here's the deal. Ratings and reviews are incredibly helpful for this podcast. They push us up the charts and they allow more people to find these episodes and get this advice. So every week we look through all of the ratings and reviews that we've received and we pick one person. That person sends us their resume or their LinkedIn profile and I review it and send them some feedback and suggestions in a video all for free. So if you want me to review your resume or your LinkedIn profile, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave us a rating or a review and that's it. We'll scan through all those reviews. We pick somebody at random, which could be you, and we'll send you a video with all of the tips and tactics that you need to boost your outcomes and win more jobs. Either way, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.